What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats. We are live here on Thursday. So much to talk about. Aaron Judge is getting closer and closer to the record. The Detroit Tigers are making a big change. We got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Trivia, everything coming at you. This episode is going to be a blast. Let's get to it. A high fly ball, deep center field. It is gone. Home run. And a huge bat flip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. What is up, my friends? I am joined by my friend, Alex Curry, here. And Alex, first of all, I, I, I just need to say I'm a big advocate for the game of baseball, yeah. as you know. But I, I also just feel like the game of baseball is in such a good place right now. Like There is so much happening in the baseball world outside of just a playoff push, but you combine it with all of these playoff teams in contention, and things are just really exciting right now. It's honestly the most exciting time of the year because there is some certainty with the teams who have clinched, but there's also that hope and believe is still alive for those fringe teams. And we have all these records that we're seeing getting broken, chasing. There's so much to talk about. There's so much excitement. Sometimes all you it's need is time. just a little hope, just a little you hope, know, a little belief. one of those guys that you, you were talking about chasing yeah. records, breaking records is Aaron Judge. Oh, yeah. And we need to start with Aaron Judge because, one, what he's doing for the game of baseball right now is unbelievable. The yeah. eyes that he's bringing back to the game on this home run chase, he's now at 60 home runs. I was watching that game live when it happened, was standing up in my living room. It's just he has you on the edge of your seat in a mid-September series against the Pittsburgh Pirates. That's what he's doing, and it's just so exciting. He is so locked in right now at the plate it is remarkable this is the best month that he's had and you could argue that this is the greatest month offensively ever now mm -hmm. we're 20 some days into the month the month isn't over there's still a ways to go but um he's put himself in position for the triple crown award leading yep. tied in average right there uh, a tick ahead way ahead in home runs ahead in rbi so it's going to come down to average but what he's done, uh, you look at his OPS by month. Look at this. April 961, May 1077, June 922, July 1253, August 1091. September 1591 is his OPS for the month. The month. The September OPS at 1590 is the best month in MLB history, mm -hmm. if it were to end right now, ahead of Barry Bonds who you might have heard of oh, and was just pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. So the, the, it's just unbelievable what Aaron Judge is doing right now. It is truly special. Uh, I hope he breaks the record here soon. He's tied Babe Ruth, one away from passing Babe Ruth and tying Roger Maris, and two away from breaking the all-time New York Yankees record. Um, this is special. He's at 60. And it is a lot of fun to watch. The craziest thing, too, is like, yeah, we're talking about his home run, his single season home run record right now. But he would only be the 11th player in the history of the game to win the Triple Crown if he were to get that at the end of the season. Like that on top of what he's doing home run rise. It's like you take the home runs away. He might be having one of the best offensive seasons yeah. that we've seen from a player. And we haven't seen someone win the Triple Crown since 2012 when Miguel Cabrera did it. 
Yeah, there aren't a lot of power hitters that don't strike out all the time. Too. Like yeah. you don't see you don't see guys hitting this many home runs with an average above 300. Like it just doesn't happen mm-hmm. much. You're right. I agree with you. But I think one of the coolest things was when he hit home run number 60. It was a 20-year-old college kid who caught his ball. I, I, I'm sure everyone's probably seen the video by now, but he is a baseball player. He decided to go last minute to the game with three so of his cool. friends. They were sitting at the top of the bleachers, decided to walk down to the bottom, hoping that he would hit home run number 60. And he said he happened to see it bounce off the bullpen, grabbed it, just went in and hugged it, bear hugged it, snuck out of the dog pile. Because those those things are scary. If you look at these dog piles, like they can get dangerous. These are grown men. Who every <laughs> every like proper thing you're supposed to do in life just goes right out the window to try to get that ball. <laughs> and the best part, he immediately wanted to give it back to Aaron Judge. Yeah. He didn't want to sell this ball. He said it didn't even cross his mind. All he wanted to do was hand it back to him for an autographed ball. There's the a picture bat, right there. And a photo. And he said him and his friends made a request to Aaron Judge when they handed him so the ball cool. back, saying, just come on, just Resign. So if we can if we can get that video playing one more time. So this video here is from um, the the producer of the game for Yes Network. His name's Troy Benjamin. So he had this camera angle. This isn't the one that was shown. But if you're watching and not just listening to us, if you're listening, I'll explain as well. But the, the kid that got the home run ball, his name is Mike Kessler. He gets the ball on the bottom of this scrum and you can see him just scoot out. Now, when this video restarts, he's number, he's wearing the jersey number 22. He just gets the ball, as you can see here. He, yeah. he gets it. Everybody piles on top and then watch at the top of this scrum, his jersey. Yep. Here he comes. There he is, number 22. Just and he out. just dips. Yeah. People are pushing him out of the way because they, yeah. they want to get the ball. Perfect. And he just like, I'm getting out of here. It's perfect. And he gets out of the way. So a really cool camera angle there. Alex, I have a question for you here. Yeah. Because um, Darren Ravel was asked, like, the value of this baseball. What would the value of the baseball be? And he said, you know, it could be anywhere from... 50,000 to 500,000. Barry Bonds wow. has went Barry Bonds's record breaker went for just over 3 quarters of a million dollars. This this could have gone for a lot. Aaron Judge, New yeah. York Yankees. I'm I'm sure we could get over 100,000 and maybe hundreds of thousands. So the question becomes an interesting one here. And yeah. I want to talk to you about this because I I think look, he did the right thing. I got like he yeah. he gave it back and he got yeah. a picture with Aaron Judge. But there is a degree to this of this is life-changing money we're talking about. How difficult would it be for you to have this ball in your hands? It's, let's say, worth a quarter of a million dollars. Yeah. I totally understand. I, I'm not going to screw anybody over here, but yeah. this is life-changing for me. It's, it's just an interesting conversation to have because I get it from both sides. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if he fully realized in the moment what that ball could have cost. Because <laughs> think about it. He was on an adrenaline high, just catching the ball, being a part of the moment, wanting to give it back to Aaron. He's a college student. He might not know the value of these historical moment pieces of memorabilia. Yeah. I, I think the Yankees need to give him season tickets. Like that that should be a no-brainer. Yeah. Give this like he willingly, without having to 
offer anything else on the table. He just wanted to meet Aaron Judge. Yeah. Wanted to give it back. He's a good kid who loves the game. He is a baseball player himself. He's in college. Give him some season tickets. Right. Like, make uh, it worth his while. Not that an, an Aaron Judge autograph is great, but yeah. a picture in an autograph, like... Come in a bat. Yankees, yeah. like, Judge did his part. He signed. He took a picture with him. The Yankees mm-hmm. should step up and be like, hey, thanks. You you saved yeah. us all. You know, you, you, you saved us here. Thank yeah. you for doing that. I, I think he should get more. I think he should have tickets for life. Isn't it crazy? Put them up in the bleachers yeah. for life. Like, I, I don't know. Do something. It's a historic moment. I remember when Albert Pujols hit home run number 600 yeah. and finding the fan at Angel Stadium, yeah. Grand Slam fashion, he didn't know if he was going to get it back. And we actually surprised him on the field. Oh, that's cool. And the fan came on and handed it to him live on TV so right cool. at the end of the game. And he just gave him the biggest hug. I, I Albert takes care of fans. He is one of the most giving baseball players outside of the game as well as in the game. Um, but it's moments like that where, okay, you're going to have this piece this piece of history. Yeah. But yeah, the player who hit it I, definitely deserves to have it if you love the game. But it also might not go for that much money either. And then there's like right, that. Then you, don't know. then you don't know. And there's also that moral side of it. Like, am I that person that cares more about the money than the love of the game? Yeah. I don't I mean, know. That's true. 61 is going to go for more than 60. Yeah. And 62 will go for Way more, more than 61. So yeah. It's an interesting conversation. And, and one thing that's also interesting that I want to bring up just briefly, he's at 60, right? So yeah. any day now, this could happen. The Yankees game on Friday is on Apple TV. And that has caused... Uh, just a bit of conversation mm-hmm. amongst Yankees fans. The Yankees are trying to get the game back on Yes Network, but it's on Apple TV, and that is an interesting situation. So what you have to remember is baseball fans, What's do we know the average age? I, I think it's an older fan base. Baseball yeah. has an older fan base. So with all of this new streaming technology, easy for us. We get it. Done. Right. But a lot of these older fans might not know how to access it, might not know how to watch it, and he might hit a historic yeah. run. And no one's going to be able to see it. None of these older fans are going to yeah. be able to see it. So it's, I mean, but these are kind of the growing pains you have with this new kind of broadcasting system that we're yeah. going into right now. You know where you might be able to see 61 and 62? Tonight. Tonight. Yeah. On Fox. Adam Amin, John Smoltz calling the game 630 Eastern on Fox. And it is. Aaron Judge going for number 61 against the Boston Red Sox, which I think is really fitting here um, because for a couple of reasons. One, the rivalry, naturally. The Red Sox aren't great this year, but it'll always be Yankees-Red Sox as, as that rivalry. And on top of that, he's currently tied with Babe Ruth trying to break Babe Ruth's record. So think about that. Like, There's a cool tie-in there as well. Babe Ruth got his start with the Red Sox and got traded away from them and caused the franchise to be cursed for a hundred years. And he goes to the Yankees and 27 rings. And, you know, there's a lot at play here more than just can Aaron judge hit number 61. But uh, I think that'd be cool. And it's even cooler that it can happen on Fox tonight um, because those two call in the game are great. And uh, yeah, 630 Eastern on Fox. I'll be watching. Oh, I'll be watching. And I got to say, like, Kudos to Aaron Judge for betting on himself this year and just blowing it out of the water. The Yankees better give him whatever he wants, because if they don't, guys next door might come and, uh, you know, offer him a hundred million more. Literally, as in the guys, as in the Mets. Yeah, (laughs) I'm I'm just saying, like, he is making a case to get whatever he wants. Yeah, give him what he wants. He bet on himself and he won. (laughs) Um, But speaking of the Mets. 
the Mets are good. Yeah. And the Mets are going to be in the playoffs, yeah. right? And and they're going to have a high seed. We don't know what it's going to be. But I want to talk playoff structure with you because okay. this is interesting. The, the playoffs this year are um, different than ever. Obviously, mm-hmm. the playoff structure, there's three wild card teams. There's a bye. So what I want to do is just kind of a general framework of the playoff structure this year and look at the seeding, look who's where, and kind of just – talk about it because we have it up on our screen right now you can see this now what's interesting is that the number one seed and the number two seed in both leagues are going to be given a bye okay so they won't be playing in that first round the three versus the four or the the three versus six will be playing and the four versus five now what's interesting here and and one of the most interesting things to me and we can talk about all of this, but the question I want to present to you yeah. and think about myself even more is, do you really want the four seed or would you rather the six seed? Is the six seed the place to be in the playoffs? Because if you have that four seed, you're going to be playing. Let's look at the National League side. I think this is a great example. Yeah. If you have the four seed, right, you're going to be playing the five, who is likely to be the Phillies or the Padres. But then from there, you play the Dodgers Yeah, as the one. Now, if you're the three or the six, let's say you're six, you play the third best division winner, which is the Cardinals. And then you can move on to the Mets instead of Dodgers. I, it's an interesting conversation. I think the six seed might be the place to be. The thing, though, because I'm going to play kind of the opposite side here. And the positive side, if you get that fourth seed spot, these first place teams, they're going to be, I mean, obviously second place too, but they're going to be coming off almost a week's worth of rest yeah. during that bye. That's a lot yeah. of time in baseball. Yeah. Not only that week of rest, they've clinched weeks prior so they're not playing that hardcore need to win now baseball yeah so whoever's coming in and going to play them in that second round they have been fighting this entire last month that first round of the wild card series and you're coming in with that momentum that's the part i'm looking at because the momentum and the mentality and having that time off especially in baseball when you're used to playing almost every single day can have a big effect on a team yeah yeah, it's interesting to me. You're and you're right, and I've seen that multiple times, especially with my brother and the Tigers. That time yeah. off does not help, um, for sure. So I, I one, I don't know if a buy is going to be a great thing. This yeah. is the first year we're seeing it, so that'll be interesting to keep an eye on. Now let, let's talk about the American League side of things because I think this is the best example of the six seed maybe being the place to be of the wild card teams or the division. You know. Yeah. Uh, of, of the bottom few teams, I think six might be the place to be. Because one thing that's important to note here, there is not reseeding. So whatever your the winner of the four versus five game will move on to play the Astros. The winner of the three versus six seed moves on to play the Yankees as the number two seed. So the winner of the four versus five seed right now, that's the Rays and the Mariners. If you're that four or five seed, you're... You're winning. If you win that series, you move yeah. on to play the Astros. If you're the three or the six, if you're the six seed, you're playing the Guardians, who are the division winner. 
And then if you win that, you move on to play the Yankees, who are the lesser of the two between them and the Astros. So would you really rather be that five seed, that four seed, and play another hot wild card team and then move on to play the Astros? It's just hard because you can't think about not winning every single game. Right. No, you have yeah, to go right. into wanting to win every single game. You can't change that mentality. And it's kind of just where the pieces are going to fall right now. And it's not just dependent on how you're playing. It's how teams around you are playing. Yeah. So I always find this hard. It's like, where do you want to sit? It's like, I just want to win. Right. And it's and a theoretical the best. because you can't yeah. like plan to be a certain seed. No. It's just going to be where do the chips fall? But I, I don't know about you. I would much rather be the six than probably even the four. If you're the four seed, you're getting a home series all three yeah. games. This is cool. I like that they did this. Yeah. It's a three-game series in the wild card round, and all three games are at the one site of the higher seed. That helps. I think that's cool. That helps. But if you're the four seed and you do win those three games, yeah. you move on to play Houston. Let's say you're the sixth seed, you play the Guardians, and then the Yankees. I, I don't know. It's just a really interesting conversation. Um, but also on the on the National League side, I, the importance of winning the NL East yeah. is something that we, we really need to stress here. Yeah. Because, one, let me put you on the spot. Okay. Who do you think wins the NL East? <sighs> so tough. I, I, I think the Mets are going to hold on. I do too. I do. I, th- I think the Mets are going to hold on. I think the schedule is a big part of but it. But remember, they're going to face each other. Mets and Braves. Three games, the second yeah. to last series of the year. So I, I said it, I think, a week or two ago. I, it's going to come down to that series. They are neck and neck. And I think whoever wins that series is going to win the division. And I, I can't stress how important winning the division is. Yeah. Because whoever wins the NL East will be the two seed. Yes. And have a bye in the first round. Yeah. Whoever doesn't win is going to be the four seed. Okay. And you're going to play the... The four seed plays the five seed. Yeah. And let's say they win. Let's say the Braves or the Mets win. Yeah. You play the Dodgers immediately. Yeah. So... The importance of winning the NL East cannot be stressed enough. So if you're if you're watching right now, we have the playoff bracket up, and the Mets are currently leading the division, so they're slotted in as the two seed. Right now, they will have a bye and then play the winner of the Cardinals and the Padres. Now, it's playoff baseball. Anything can happen, but they're the better team between those two. Are they the better team between the Dodgers? I don't know. That's a dogfight right there. You know, it's yeah. so th- this is whoever wins the NL East is at a big advantage over whoever you do. You, they could finish one game behind yeah. and be at such a disadvantage. Yeah. You just got to win. The bottom line is you just got to focus on winning every, every single one of these, every single one of these teams Yeah. right now, who's not the one or two seed, but that two seed in the National League is yeah. going to come down to the wire. I'm just really I'm excited for these playoffs, not only because it's new and there's a new structure involved, but because of the matchups we could get like for example, the one seed, your Dodgers, one of your two teams, your your National League team, the Dodgers. Are are they real? They have the one seed, but they could have the toughest path of anybody. Let's say the Braves end up the wild card team and the Braves beat the 5 seed. It's Dodgers-Braves, a recap of last year, in the first round for the Dodgers. And they also haven't had... uh, They've made it to the postseason a lot, 
and they've got one world series yeah well that's true to too. show for it so it's that that too that, that's where does clinching too early hurt you because you lose that fire and that momentum yeah you have to get to that point and you have to make it to the finish line at that point the first finish line which is the post yeah they're in they've been in for week yeah there's that's why we see wild card teams do so well in the playoffs because it's you're playing for your life up until the playoffs and then it's like all right now yeah. now we got we a few games yeah, we can yeah. so i i don't know like on the national league side i think the favorites I, there's legitimately three favorites to win the national the the mets the braves and the dodgers yeah. could all win out of the national league side and the dodgers are going to have to play both of them assuming the nl east wild card team wins that first round they'll have yep. to beat both in a long series Tough path for them. I'm excited for the playoffs. I don't see much of a shift. In, the seeding will change and probably probably will change. Yeah. I think these are the teams we're looking at come October. Oh, the, I Brewers are, the Brewers are a good bit oh. behind, and yeah. then the Orioles, as much yeah. as we would like it. I, I don't, I, I, I'm with you. I, I, this is who, who I think is going to be in the postseason in a couple weeks. Um, that's a couple weeks. Let's talk about in a couple years who might be in the postseason. My Detroit Tigers. Oh! Give it a couple of years, baby. The Tigers okay. are roaring back into relevancy. Relevance? Relevancy. Soon. Relevance? Yeah. <laughs> they will be back They are soon. going to be relevant. Um, they soon. have hired their new president of baseball operations, Scott Harris. Um, this is a big deal for the Tigers. Now, um, Al Avila, who is now out as GM, Look, I like him as a person. Um, I know him. I like him as a person. The proof is in the pudding. What he did with the team, um, they needed to go in a new direction. So uh, this is a much-needed breath of fresh air. Uh, Al Avila out. He was there for seven years. And look at the span of this. He took over in 2015 when the Detroit Tigers were still one of the best teams in baseball with a great roster. He takes over in 2015. It doesn't go well. Um, they they don't win anything. It goes down from there. They're now sitting as one of the one of the worst teams in baseball. They're not great. It appeared they were going to be on the rise this year, but guess what? That didn't happen. So in that in that time frame, from being one of the best in baseball to being one of the worst in baseball, he also traded away arguably the greatest pitcher in Tigers franchise history and got nothing in return. Nothing. That trade for Justin to Houston, there the the return was it's embarrassing what they got back. So that's a huge mess up. And in his seven years, the Tigers wound up with a record of four hundred and four and five hundred and seventy-three. That is not good. So he is out and Scott Harris is in. Now these New hires in the front office often go with some question marks because fans hear it and they're like, okay, we needed a move, but like, is this good? Is this bad? Let me explain a little bit about Scott Harris. One, he's 35 years old, so he is very young stepping in here, yet he's the former GM of the San Francisco Giants. He worked under Theo Epstein in Chicago when they won a World Series, worked under Farhan in San Francisco when they turned things around. At 25 years old, Scott Harris became the Cubs director of baseball operations at 25 years old. And by 2018, he was already the assistant GM. So this guy has done big things and he's been a part of winning cultures, winning organizations. He built a winner 
with the Cubs, and he built a winner with the Giants, and now he's moving on to Detroit, where there is cause for hope and excitement there in Detroit with the young players, A.J. Hinch at the helm. Uh, Scott Harris said this the other day, I want to share some comments on my vision for the Tigers organization. One, we need to acquire, develop, and retain young players. Two, the best in baseball are getting the absolute most out of that talent. Three, the strike zone influences everything. I don't even know what that means. That's how you know he's great. Yes, the strike zone does influence everything, and I'm a believer in this guy. Um, He is very well. He comes from a, a big education background. He's thrown himself into the baseball world. He's very good. This hire is great in my opinion i am a big fan of this now of note because you hear okay he's the the gm is out now he's taking over as president of baseball operations is he the gm what does that mean he is not the gm he is not designated as the gm now this is an interesting talking point because al avila's title was vice president of baseball operations and general manager scott harris was not announced as that he was just announced as the president of baseball operations. They do not have to sign a GM. He could he could bring in a GM to go underneath of him. Um, it could go one way or the other there, but he is not labeled as the GM, which is a good talking point. But the biggest thing here for me is that change in Detroit is coming. And it's an organization that is very near and dear to my heart. I've been in Detroit watching baseball games since I was 12 years old and got to play in the organization for five years and became very close with people in that organization, including guys on the team. And um, Detroit is one of the greatest cities and one of the best sports towns, and they deserve a good baseball team. And I am excited for Detroit baseball to get back to being good and to get Comerica Park back being packed, ready to go. I'm pumped up. And uh, the future of Detroit baseball is in good hands, I think. So how much time do you give Scott to turn this team around? Like, what's the proper That's a good question. kind of window? Like, are you going to give him a couple years, five years? Like, at what point do you say, okay, he did his job, he was the right hire? Or do you say, maybe he didn't get the job done? So this is, it's interesting with the Tigers because you're not starting from zero. Yeah. Th- this year that we're currently in was supposed to be like, I think the Orioles are a good, this, what the Orioles have done this year was what people were expecting of the Tigers, not playoff ready, but like, we're going to see glimpses of being really good. It didn't happen and they have not been good, but the pieces are starting to get there. Torkelson, Mm -hmm. Riley Green, uh, Scooble, there's some exciting players in the organization. So I don't think it's fair to say next year this team's going to be a winner. Like but five? you got to start seeing things in year two, year okay. three. And by year by year three and four, you need to be winning. Okay. Um, so that would be my answer. If, if it gets to five years without the Tigers being in the playoffs still, I'm disappointed. Okay. And you don't want to see me disappointed because I don't get mad. I just get emotional. <laughs> and we don't want that. We're going to have tears. We're going to have tears on <laughs> the show. Have real tears. Um, pick to click. Ooh. What was your pick to click last last week? Do you remember? I don't seem to remember. Uh-huh. I had Judge hitting two home runs and Pujols hitting one home run. You nailed happened. that. And it picked. Pretty early. It like, clicked. You, you got there pretty quickly. I know. Um, mine was that, oh, 
Yeah. You know what mine was? I <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. Because I, yes, I, I was like, oh, I nailed this too. Uh-huh. Mine was that Justin would come back, uh-huh. check. Yep. He would get a win on the mound, check. Yep. He would strike out six or more, check. Yep. And he would throw six innings or more. <laughs> now, for those that aren't familiar with what Justin did, he came back through five no-hit innings, did uh. not give up a hit. He was masterful, but because it was his first start back, and his pitch count was still fairly low, but they took him out just because it was his first start. And he punched out nine guys in that five innings. So everything was perfect except for my pit, pick to click, which technically didn't hit, which is okay. I'd take that. It was a good not hit pick correct. to click because he still had a great outing. Yeah, yeah. correct. Okay. Um, so this week, what do you got? I got Judge will break the all-time American League single season Home run record this week. So he's, so you're saying two. Two. He needs two. He needs two. He seems to hit him in twos. So. Yeah, you could get to next Wednesday and be just fine because he'll hit two in a game. That's what I'm hoping for here. What's yours? I'm not hoping. I hope he hits it on the Fox game tonight. Tonight. Do you want two tonight? Then it works. Still works for me. Yeah, it works. I'm I'm rooting for you. You root against me, but I root for you. Um, Mine is, um, mine is Albert Pujols. I believe Albert Pujols hits number 699 in Los Angeles where he was playing last year. Um, They love him in L.A., as you know. They love him with the Dodgers. They Both my teams. I don't know if they love him in Anaheim. I mean, he hit some pretty incredible records in Anaheim. Um, And it was a mutual split. I think it was fine. People respect him still. Yeah. Well, there's got to be the respect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, respect. He's lo- he's loved everywhere yes. he goes. Um, I say he hits number six ninety nine in L A. in front of those fans, oh, and um, this isn't part of my prediction, but I hope he hits six ninety nine there. They get that, and then I want him to hit seven hundred at home. But really, I don't care. Like I'm starting to get a little nervous. Why? Because I don't. He's gonna get it. It's two more. Yeah. He's gonna get it. It's, it's, it's pools. He hit when he hit six hundred. He hit five ninety nine and six hundred in the same game. Like, he's going to get it. It's going to be fine. That was 100 home runs ago and a lot younger ago. Uh, I mean, he's been going off since the All-Star I agree. Break. I hope he gets and it done. And it's Albert Pools. It's the machine. It's going to be in some, like, beautiful, like, tear-jerking, <laughs> last home stand of the season moment. I, I said this earlier this week. It is the greatest farewell tour of yeah. all time. Albert Pools chasing 700. He's going to get it. And yeah. it, it's going to be incredible. Yeah. I agree yeah. with you. So I, I, he gets six ninety nine this week as my pick to click in L.A. So good luck to you and you. good luck to me. May the odds be ever More importantly, in your favor. Good luck to me. Good luck to you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, Thursday. Oh, that music means one thing and one thing only. Trivia. First trivia question. Who was the last major leaguer before Aaron Judge to hit at least – 59 home runs in a season. So at least 59 is a tricky one here because that that tells me this was Giancarlo Stanton. Yep. And he did it when in his MVP year. So Giancarlo, yep. Giancarlo Stanton, final answer. That is correct. Nailed it. Yep. Um, I would also like you to confirm that before the technical difficulties, that was asked, but I did get it right. He did get it right. Yes. So that was, you're a great actor. (laughs) You're an incredible actor. You got it right. All right. One for one. Here we go. Number two. 
Which two teams have hit five homers in a game on five different occasions this season? Five homers Which in a game. Which two teams have hit five homers in a game on five different occasions this season? I'm going to take the Yankees. Are they one? They're not. Oh, then uh, the, the, the Phillies? Uh, the Dodgers? <laughs> another top team. Another top team. Um, Astros. Ah, Astros and Orioles. Orioles? Yeah. Okay. That's pretty fun, right? Astros and Orioles. That's a great question. I know. Who knew? Not it's me. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. Can't win them all. Let's move on to the third one. Okay. Are you ready? On to number three. Yep. Who has most home runs in a single season while hitting under 200? Most home runs in a single season while hitting under 200. Yes. Um, is it, um, uh, what's Chris? No. Uh, who? What'd you say? <laughs> I was, I was giving you Adam, like... Adam Dunn, maybe? No, Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo. I was going, J, J, is what I said. I, I, I didn't mean to, but I, yeah, that really, Joey. Oh, I, I was off? like, well, not judge. No, 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 no. Okay. All right. One for Did three. I, is that my fault? Cause I messed you up. Did I mess up your like thought process? Were you going to get him? No. Okay. Then I don't feel bad about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the fourth one. Chris Bryant has hit over under 10 home runs at Coors Field this season. Under. Yeah, I remember this because he hit those when he first came back, but he hasn't. Yeah, under. Zero. I like these yeah. true or false. I like Easy. over, under, 50, true 50. or false. Yeah. yeah. I have pretty much Good a 50% job. chance of getting it right <laughs> by the yeah. math. All right. You're two for two or two for four. Two for four. Ready? Yeah. Last one. Last one. Let's All see right. if you can uh, finish with a winning record here. Um, who led Major League Baseball in RBIs in 2011? In 2011, who led Major League Baseball in RBIs? Miguel Cabrera? Matt Kemp. Dodgers. I was going to say you're wearing the color of the team, but well, that would have also been... Who, we need Detroit. to get to the bottom of who's putting these questions in. Like, who <laughs> led in RBIs in 2011? Unbelievable. Uh, 126 yeah, from Matt Kemp. Yeah. Um, you know, these trivia questions, I'm really going to need to have a conversation because... Trip was behind it, right? Trip of yeah, yeah. of course. Producer Our Trip is, is on the show, yeah. and he's a he's a Dodger fan, and he's probably behind this. But it's like you know, when when I think trivia, it's like a, a more modern day stuff. Not that yep. twenty eleven is not modern day, but like who do you know? Aaron Judge um, is first in ago. home runs. Who's behind him? Who's second in home runs? Who, over, like 20 home runs behind him stuff. Like I get Matt Kemp in 2011. It's like, I'm being set up for failure, I think. And to go two for five is pretty good. Not bad. I think if I go two Not for bad. five in a career, I'm a career 400 hitter and I'm a hall of famer. So it's despite true. the adversity that I'm dealing it's with true. of people wanting to bring me down, yep. I'm doing pretty good. So I'm going to grade myself today. Yeah. A, B. Huh. You got something to say? Okay. No, no. This is your grade for yourself. Yeah. It doesn't matter what I B for what Ben I say. <laughs> and B for not bad. Not bad. Because I'm giving ridiculous questions. Yeah. No, no. Not a B oh, minus. Okay. B. Okay. B. Done.
Your show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Let's, uh, one of my favorite parts of the Thursday show, because the Thursday show is interactive. Mm-hmm. It's live. There's sometimes technical difficulties that come in and we just deal with it on the fly. Roll the That's not why I love the Thursday episode, though. Okay. It's because it's interactive and you can send in questions and we will answer them here. So, Alex, let's get to some fan questions. You ready for the first one? Yeah. All right. Is there any chance your brother plays in the World of Baseball mm. Classic? Mm. This is a good question. Yeah. Insider information? Um, I will not be giving out insider information. <sighs> Fine. But I will say I I would say there's sure there's a chance and then you you look into what he's coming off of though yep. of two years not pitching Tommy John surgery so I I don't know is the is it a zero percent chance no is it a hundred no and that's that's all I'm gonna that's my answer all right fine I mean you're the right person to ask I would love I to, thought I would we would have gotten a little it, more though. information out of you I that's would love cool. to see ready for the second one yeah okay. Of any playoff contending teams, what manager do you see most on the hot seat if they don't win at all? Um, Aaron Boone. Ooh. I think for the Yankees to not have gotten to the World Series in over a decade, and you're look, you're the New York Yankees, and the truth of the matter is getting to the ALCS isn't a win for them. You don't look back and say, well, at least we made it to the ALCS and then lost to the Astros. That what What is that doing for the fan base? Nothing. And then you look at the past, how talented they, of teams they've had. You look at right now, you have Aaron Judge potentially winning a Triple Crown, potentially winning a, an MVP award, potentially breaking these all-time records on top of having – a really good regular season, a regular season that was you were on pace at one point to break the all-time record, and then you go on a 50-game pace, Oof. the worst 50-game pace in over 30 years. If they, if they, let's say they lose in the ALDS, yeah, Aaron Boone's. I, I think Aaron Boone's gone. Uh, he's on the hot seat, I think, and it's. I think it's get to the World Series or bust for Aaron Boone. At least it should. It should be. Yeah, it should. All right, last one. Would you rather catch? Aaron Judge's 62nd home run or Albert Pujols' 700th oh, home run? Oh, what a great question. I know what I would want to catch. I, the answer here has to be Pujols' yep. 700. It has to be. I mean, the single season, Amer- look, whether you want to count it, the single season home run record is Barry Bonds. Mm-hmm. 73 home runs. Aaron Judge even said that. Aaron Judge That's himself what he honors. has said that. That's what he honors. So, He'll he'll break the American League record, I hope, and eat a little bit of a chunk in between that gap. But he's not going to get to seventy three. Um, but that that record is is seventy three. So breaking the American League re- record, passing Ruth, passing Maris, mm-hmm. of course, that's all time greatness. But Pujols, the fourth to ever hit seven hundred home runs, along with Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth. Barry Bonds? Are you kidding me? I mean, just for the nostalgia of it all as well, this one's pretty easy for me, and I'm rooting for both. But I, I want, I want Albert Pujols, and I'm assuming you. Same, hundred percent. How much do you think that ball would go for? The seven hundred. Since we've been talking about home run balls and so the worth. Barry Bonds's record breaker went for three quarter, three quarters of a million. 
I think it's fair to say four to five hundred thousand. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Right. History. There's like the crazy collectors, and we've seen baseball cards now go for millions of dollars. A ball like this that's like the only one. Yeah. You know, I'm going to say more than that, actually. I might hit, I'd say it might hit the mills. I'm a, you think it hits? Mill? Yeah. Mill plus? More more than Barry Bonds? But I mean, it's going to go into the the Hall of Fame, right? That's what well, it depends on who gets. catches it and what yeah. happens. That's kind of the excitement behind it all. If, uh, if our boy... Um, if our boy Mike, what's it, Mike Kessler catches it, it'll yeah. be in the Hall of Fame because he'll yep. give it back and then they'll ship it off to. The, but if if somebody catches it, they want some money. Who knows? And that's going to depend where he hits it. Yeah, oh, it's going to yeah. be exciting. Please, Albert. Please, Aaron. Get it done. Um, so let's before we wrap up here, yeah. little extra inning segment as we like to do on. Really, whatever episode we want. Sometimes Monday, yeah. sometimes Thursday. Why not? But whenever there's something nice, fun, mm-hmm. funny, whatever we want to talk about, we'll do it. And we both have one today. So we both have an extra inning segment. Alex, take it away. This is a feel-good one. Okay. All right? And th- these are the moments that make you love the players, love the game, and just see the connection that they have with the fans. Um, there was a video posted of Chris Morrell gifting a Cubs super fan his necklace. And we have sound oh. of this. So great. Let's check that out. I love you. No, you, you don't have any idea. Christopher. Is there any way I can buy a necklace from you? Like, can you give me an address or something? Oh, you you are the best. You, you don't have any idea. Christopher. Oh, he just gave her oh his necklace. Oh, thank oh. you so much. Thank you. Thank you for supporting me. That is the full-blown emoji with the smiley face and the tears <laughs> in the face. Yeah. Like, that is what I envision that emoji being for because he just changed that woman's life. Super fan gets a heartfelt gift from a player that you love and support. These fans are out there every single day supporting you, buying your gear, going to the games, cheering you on. And it's little things like that that just make it all worthwhile. Even if you're just listening and weren't watching when we showed that video, just hearing her voice sound so thankful. And I couldn't put together every word, but in there you can hear her say, like, can I give you my address? And he just takes the necklace off and hands it to her right there. And it's just... I think it's like, where can I get your necklace? Yeah. Can I get one of those? Yeah. Where do I get one to be like you? That's what I was kind of taking from it. And then he's like, no, here's this. Take mine. It's just like, the most heartwarming. Right off his neck. Um, so both of us have a heartwarming yeah. moment because mine is Joey Votto, who yes. uh, one friend of the pod, one of one of the best conversations on this podcast, which um, it was a couple months ago, right before Field of Dreams. So if you haven't listened to that one, go ahead and check it out because he is an incredible human being. And that was on display Um just a couple of days ago, a couple of nights. He's out for the year. Unfortunately, he had sh- uh, shoulder surgery. He's out for the year. But he has still been staying involved. He's been in the broadcast booth. And on Wednesday night, he took to the stands. And he went out into the stands during the game wearing a Reds Barry Larkin jersey, which is sick. And he was just walking around shaking hands, signing autographs, taking selfies with the fans, even walking up to kids sitting in the stands and just sitting down next to them and watching the game with them. Um, This was a special moment. And 
this is what it's all about. These athletes are obviously normally on the field, all making millions of dollars, and it can be easy to lose sight of the people that they are. Um, so to see the person that Joey Votto is, when he was just on the field collecting his Roberto Clemente Award for what he's done in the community in Cincinnati, um, to see him up in the stands signing, sitting down with fans, so cool, so um, sitting down with kids, this is what it's all about. He is a legend um, on the field, potential Hall of Famer. I, I hope he's a Hall of Famer one day and off of the field and even in the stands. He's a legend of the game as well. So shout out and kudos to, to Joey Votto for what he did in the stands the other night. That was a special moment, and uh, he took a few minutes out of his day and went and changed the lives of everybody that he touched in the stands that day. So a uh, pretty cool moment there and a couple cool moments from across baseball over the uh, the past couple of weeks. That's what it's all about. It is. And thank you for sharing it because I think that's how a lot of people saw it. Your tweet yeah. kind of went viral there. Um it also makes you realize why he is up for that Roberto Clemente award. Not yeah. only he's doing this not to be seen or for attention. You can honestly tell he's connecting and really having moments with these fans and kids. It's not for and he even said that on when he was on the show a couple of months ago. He said I do I, I do a lot that I don't really talk about. Yeah. There's a lot going on behind the scenes. And to see this in the stands, like we got a glimpse of the person that he really is. So you're right. I just I I just happened to be watching the game because, of course, I was watching the Reds, yep. the Reds game in the middle of September. Yep. I had all the games up. I saw Joey Votto walking around the stands, and I was like, "This needs to be seen." And then you're right; it, yeah. it went, it went pretty nuts. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm glad it did. So everybody needs to understand how awesome Joey Votto is. So um, that's how we're going to end this live Thursday episode of Flipping Bats. Thank you all for listening. This one, as always, has been a lot of fun. With Alex Curry and myself, thank you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever it may be, and follow along on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and you can watch every episode on YouTube as well. It's Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. Thank you all for listening. Until tomorrow, this has been another episode of Flippin' Bats.